and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Adaptation Station podcast. This episode is coming out in April 2020, when most schools are closed due to coronavirus. A lot of teachers are having to learn how to do distance teaching for the very first time, and while that's challenging for a lot of people, those of you in special education classrooms might have even more unique challenges. I knew I wanted to put out a podcast to support in this area, but since I'm no longer teaching, I don't have a lot of perspective. Instead, I asked seven of my friends to come on and share what they're experiencing. All seven of them are teaching in special education classrooms. I have teachers who teach at a kindergarten, consulting in a preschool classroom, all the way to a teacher who teaches high school and adult transition services. I have teachers all over the United States And each of them have their own perspective that can help you as you navigate this new world. I hope you guys are excited to hear what all of them have to share. So let's jump on in. I'd like you all to welcome my first guest onto the podcast. Hi, I'm Cassie with Adventures in Behavior. Hi, Cassie. Would you mind sharing with people what state you're in and what type of classroom you teach? I am in Texas, and um, I teach what's called functional academics in a middle school. It's for kids with autism and intellectual disabilities um, that have um, communication skills already and um, are working on more academic skills. Perfect. And I know at the time we're recording this podcast, Texas has not canceled for the whole year, correct? You guys are still supposed to go back in a little bit? Yes. Uh, Right now, the governor has set a return date of May 4th or 5th, um, but uh, we're all preparing to extend beyond that. Okay, perfect. And then do you mind sharing a little bit about what your game plan is right now to try and access your students while you're still out of school? Sure. So um, I'm kind of in a unique situation where the school district is providing curriculum uh, weekly to our special education students um, that is differentiated. So there's level one, two, and three, and we choose the level and send it out to our kids um, through email to the parents. And it's all things that they can do from home. Uh, No printing um, is needed. No online access is needed unless there's like a video or something like that. Um, And then the teachers are um, responsible for either connecting those activities to their IEP or supplementing with additional materials if if it for some reason wouldn't work. Um, So we use Schoology um, as our online learning platform. So I've been uh, recording tutorials that go along with the uh, lessons the district is providing. And then I've also been creating and using digital activities um, like interactive PDFs and boom cards to supplement with those IEPs. I've also done um, some science reading passages through readworks.org, which is free, 
and you can create student profiles. Um, so that's pretty much what we're doing. We've done some one-on-one -on -one student phone calls and video calls. We're working on setting up a class call um, and just trying to stay in touch with parents as best as possible to provide support to them. It sounds like you guys actually have a lot set up. That's amazing. And I know that this is a really difficult time for a lot of teachers. So I just wanted to see how you were feeling and if you had anything you wanted to share with teachers who might be listening. Uh, sure. So um, I share pretty publicly that I have anxiety um, and this has not been easy. Um, and the best thing that has I've done to help myself is stick to really strict working hours. Um, so right now I work primarily between the hours of nine o'clock and three o'clock. And um, I don't get on before then and I stop at three o'clock and that's it. Um, I don't answer emails. I won't respond to text messages until the following work day. I love that tip, and I greatly appreciate you being so open to podcasts as well. Uh, that's one reason that Cassie and I have become so close as we can understand each other's struggles. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like you all to help me welcome my next guest onto the podcast. Hi, I'm Fiona from Adulting Made Easy. Awesome. Thank you for coming, Fiona. And do you mind yeah. sharing with people what state you live in and the type of classroom you work with? So I live in Southern California, and I teach Mod Severe Adult Transition. Um, most of my students are nonverbal, or they have behavior plans and one-on-one -on -one support. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. And you are definitely reaching a population that I think a lot of people need some help reaching right now, because there's just not a lot of people sharing what they do for the older students. So how are you mm -hmm. approaching reaching your students in this time of distance learning? So from speaking with many of my parents, life at home is pretty tough and getting their child to do any work is not the easiest task since they don't associate home with doing any, doing any schoolwork. So on top of that, navigating all of these different online platforms has been a challenge for those that are not already used to using them or if they don't have a particular device or a computer. So I've uh, been assigned to use Microsoft Teams through my school to post assignments, files, resources, pre-recorded lessons, and schedules, but most of my families are not utilizing the platform just because it's a lot to manage on top of all of the other different tech things that you can um, utilize. There's, there's almost too much out there, and what I've kind of shifted to doing is after I've conference called each family... I got an idea of what they have, what they don't have, what their needs, preferences, and schedule look like. Um, and I ended up mailing personalized packets or emailing digital activities and or worksheets directly to the families, depending on what the students' IEP goals are and what seem to um, what they seem to enjoy or participate with the most. Um, and students were able to join in Zoom group group lessons also, um, not every single one, but we had a few. And we've had the opportunity to socialize with classmates and staff. And then I usually do a short read aloud or an interactive activity on the screen. So that's kind of where we're at so far. 
it sounds like you've got all of your bases covered, though. That sounds really awesome that you're able to customize it so much for the students and their families. It's it's kind of necessary with the special education um, population, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm sure that this is difficult because you're probably entering a phase of teaching that you don't have a lot of experience with. So do you have any advice, support, encouragement, anything like that with teachers who are just really struggling with how to move forward in this world? So when it comes to tech, I don't consider myself super tech savvy, but I I know enough. Um, One of my easiest suggestions is you can find everything on YouTube, a tutorial or how to, um, if you need to learn how to do something and then, you know, helping the families through that or providing them with the tutorials as well. And I know a lot of teachers are trying to make a lot of materials right now, but honestly, utilize Teachers Pay Teachers. There's tons of people or teachers that are on there that already have the materials made for you. And, you know, I I know a lot of people worry about like, well, I have to spend money and I don't have the money to spend. But the way I look at it, time is money. And the more time you're spending making all these materials and if they're already right there in front of you, ready for you, try and utilize those materials. That's awesome advice. And I love the way you kind of helped people shift their mindset of ways that they can really just help themselves, their family and everything going on in their life right now. Yeah. It's definitely important to, you know, keep yourself sane also. So you don't want to over overwork yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing kind of what's going on in your corner of the world. Thank you so much for having me. I'd like to welcome my second guest from California onto the podcast. Hi, I'm Erin from You Ought to Know. Hi, Erin. Do you mind sharing what part of California you're in and the type of classroom you teach in? Yep. I teach in Northern California. Um, I live in Sacramento. I teach about 30 minutes away. Uh, I teach a class for kindergarten first and first grade students, uh, primarily with autism. Awesome. You're actually the uh, youngest classroom I have on the podcast. So I'm excited that you can help us reach some of our younger students. Yay. Yeah. I <laughs> help mentor our preschool programs too. So I have some good experience in those little ones. Perfect. So how are you going about reaching your class in this age of digital learning? Um, I connected all of my students through Google Classroom. So we have a platform that we can use, but my intention is more that parents are accessing our Google Classroom and I'm using it to kind of explain the activities I've laid out for students. So what I did, let me know if this is too much for you, but (laughs) what I did is I put together a calendar for the week And I assigned each student a reading, a writing, and a math activity. And then I added an enrichment. So something fun like an art project or um, some interactive play kind of activities. Um, They're kind of different for all students. But so I assigned those and I actually dropped them all off at my kiddos' houses yesterday. And then I'm going to just put everything that parents need to use that resource or to do that activity in our Google Classroom. So let's say for our art projects. Um, I'm uploading the visual directions to our Google Classroom so parents have access there and I don't have to print them and prep them for them. Okay, and I love how you kind of point out that maybe, and especially with kids that are younger, giving the parents the support is really going to help facilitate this new phase of education. Absolutely. I have it set up, so I'm going to do... um, a video chat with each student once a week. And at the end of the chat, I really want to check in with parents and see what's working at home, what's not working, how can I help support you more? 
That's awesome. And I'm sure that this is really different than how you're normally access your students. So do you have any advice or encouragement for teachers who are just feeling really lost on how they're supposed to be teaching right now? Yeah, I think that right now we are starting a whole new chapter in education and we're kind of building that plane as we're flying it. So it's a little scary, but I think the more we can kind of try new, it's a great opportunity to try new things, things Mm -hmm. that I didn't think that I would be doing in my traditional classroom. I'm using a lot more technology with my students than I thought I would in our traditional classroom setting. And I'm really excited. So we're going to access, you know, an app like Boom Learning. Um, And I'm going to have a couple kids actually start practicing typing at home. So that's really exciting. And those aren't things I wouldn't do in the traditional classroom. So Take that opportunity to try some new things um, and really check in with your families. If it's not working, it's okay to scrap something. And I did point out to my families in a note that I wrote home that give yourself and give your child some grace. This is new for everyone. If a lesson's not working, it's okay. And it's okay to put it to the side and say, maybe we'll come back to it later. Maybe we won't. Those are all okay things to do. I love that advice because it's just such like a real life advice like yeah. it might not go the way we plan it to and that's okay and I know every school district and, and every school system is different and their expectations are different my district has been amazing in the fact that we're all doing something new and we're learning as we're going and it's going to be hard and honestly our expectations are not as extreme as some other ones I've heard where the teachers are still um, expected to collect data and mm-hmm. to to complete assessments and those things. We're not really expected to do all of that at this point. So. All right. And I think that's a good, a good way for you to just really give the families what they need right now, you know, just support them in their day-to-day life. (laughs) Absolutely. I think it's hard enough to have your child home all day and Mm -hmm. not a lot of my students don't explain that everybody or don't understand rather that everybody's home right now. And, you know, we're not going to the parks and we're not going to see grandma and we're not doing all of those things. That's hard enough. And then you want to start teaching children at home too. It's really hard. So I really tried to incorporate a lot of play play based activities for my students and uh, things that would be more fun than we would do in a traditional classroom. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of that insight and expertise. Thank you for having me. I'd like to welcome my next guest onto the podcast. Hey, it's Heather from Full Spread Ahead. Heather, do you mind sharing what state you teach in and the type of classroom you're in? I am currently in Illinois, and I'm in a self-contained classroom. Mostly the kids in my classroom have um, pre-K to K skills. Perfect. And how are you reaching your students during this time of distance learning? So right now it's a lot of communication with my parents. Um, My students are unable to access technology themselves. Um, So it's a lot on the parents right now. So the first couple of weeks, I've really just been trying to email them as much as possible and just get a sense of how they're feeling, if they're doing okay. Um, And then from there, I'm kind of working on creating weekly lesson guides for parents. I love that idea of really giving the parents the skills to help bridge that gap. Yes, of course. Have you been getting feedback from your parents about how it's going? 
Yeah. So some of them have come back and said that they really enjoy getting some type of like guide so they know what to do. Um, and I also put on them that they don't have to do what is told from me. Um, if they pick and choose, I'm totally fine with that too. Okay, good. I love giving that flexibility. Yeah, that's huge for them. And then I know I watch your stories all the time. I know you're a phenomenal teacher, but I'm sure that this is so different than how you would normally access your students in your classroom. So do you have any advice for other teachers who are just feeling like they have no idea how to move forward in this age where they can't actually be in the same room with their students? Yeah, definitely. So what you really should do is start looking on Teachers Paid Teachers um, and finding those free activities that you can send directly to your students or to your families um, and really try to work on those social stories as well. I know there's a ton of freebies out there to explain what's going on, why aren't we going to school, why can't I see my teacher, um, and really work on that social emotional piece more than the academic I feel like you're going to have to bridge that more than anything right now, just because we can't be face to face. That's a great point. Absolutely. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing what you're experiencing on the podcast. Is there anything else that you wanted to say? No, I think that's it. I just wish everybody the best of luck. All right. Thank you, Heather. I'd like to welcome my next guest onto the podcast. Hi, I'm Kim from Little Miss Kim's class. Kim, do you mind sharing what state you live in and the type of classroom you teach in? Yes, I live in Colorado and I teach room for students in elementary school with mixed needs. And how are you going about reaching your students now that you're doing distance teaching? So, of course, it's differentiated for each of my kids and their families. Some students are getting paper binders with work to do for reading, writing, and math every day. And then other students are getting an individualized Google slide that has reading, writing, and math. Oh, perfect. I love that you're using so much technology. And for anybody out there who is interested, Kim shares a lot on her Instagram, so definitely check her out. And I know that this is probably really different than how you normally teach. So do you have any advice for people who are struggling to transition from a traditional classroom to a digital classroom? Yes, I think I have two big tips. And my first tip is to consistently be communicating with parents. See what's working for them, what's not working with them, and then you can pivot and change your game plan as needed. It's something that's helped me tremendously. I send out a weekly survey to families, and I've had a lot of ideas that have helped the kids, but also made my team easier. And my next suggestion is to really be really firm about time boundaries and self-care. I'm always a big advocate for having boundaries around work and home and self-care, but I think these times are even more important. I set timers on my watch and my phone to remind me to get up and move and to take a lunch break. And I think those are two things that are really important right now. Those are awesome tips. And thank you so much for being willing to come on and share them. Thanks for having me. I'd like to welcome my next guest onto the podcast. Hi, I'm Jen from Teach Love Autism. Jen, can you share what state you live in and the type of classroom you support? Yes, I live in Pennsylvania, and the type of classroom that I support is a 7th and 8th grade middle school autistic support self-contained classroom. 
And I'm sure the way you're teaching your class now is totally different than what you did in the classroom. How are you going about accessing your class in this kind of distance learning? Absolutely. So right now, um, the best way to access my class, in my opinion, is to utilize a website called Symbaloo. And it is a website that has basically an online dashboard where you can set up symbols on it, almost like looking like apps on an iPad that you can link websites to that you want your students to use, documents you'd like them to open, and just anything else that you find useful for them that you can keep in one place. And that's been really helpful for my families to not have to log into a bunch of different websites and they can just use that as the home base to find everything that they need. I know a lot of families are finding this difficult, but a lot of teachers are finding this difficult as well because it's just totally different than what they're used to. So do you have any advice for any teachers who are just feeling like they're not doing their best or they're not accessing their class? Yeah, I think, you know, we're all in this same situation and you know you're not alone if you're feeling that way we're all feeling that way it's been really difficult to feel like you're staying on top of everything and knowing that you're making the right decisions but this is all new things so we need to give ourselves grace and know that you know it's not going to be perfect as nothing is but we just need to keep knowing that we're doing what's best for our students and feel confident in that oh perfect and thank you so much for coming on and sharing your expertise yes thank you for having me I'd like you all to welcome my last guest onto the podcast. Ashley from Spectacular Days. Hi, Ashley. Do you mind sharing what state you're in and the type of classroom you support? Absolutely. I teach in the state of Virginia, and I am a cross-categorial teacher, which means I support the general ed classroom, but I also have students that work on aligned standards of learning, so they take um, a different testing track. So they are, will eventually possibly be in a self-contained classroom. Okay. And you have a different perspective than anybody else in the podcast because you do have an element of collaboration in your job. So how is distance learning looking for all of the different students you work with? So as of right now, I'm working with my third grade team and we are collaborating as a group. And we are working on ways to differentiate the instruction to make sure it's reaching all of the students. Um, I'm also creating my own Google Classroom for my students to come and get some extra materials for them to create an engaging environment to hopefully promote independent learning. I'm also working on reinforcing concepts that have been taught in their general ed Google Classroom to help reinforce those concepts to make them um, more concrete for them. I'm also doing asynchronous and synchronous learning during this time. I love how you're able to describe how you're able to both collaborate with your general education teacher, but still give some individualized support to the students that require it. Oh, thank you. And I know that this is a really different way to access your students than what you're used to. So do you have any advice for any other teachers out there who are just feeling a little bit lost as they move forward in this new field of education? Yes, my biggest advice is to just give yourself grace. We're all on this new adventure ride together. No one's plan's going to be perfect, and that's perfectly fine. Asking questions along the way is going to help not only you learn, but also make things more understanding for you. Um, don't be hard on yourself. Everything that you're doing, I'm sure, is absolutely amazing. Oh, thank you for ending it on such a sweet note. And thank you for coming on the podcast.
Absolutely. I've enjoyed it so much. I hope you enjoyed hearing from all seven teachers that came onto my podcast. And I hope this podcast helped you feel that you're a little less alone in this challenge. I wanted to make sure that you knew that we will be updating and doing a new podcast episode in about a month to touch base and see how it's going. This episode is episode 33. When episode 36 comes out, you'll be able to hear from them and get an update. So be on the lookout for that. And in the meantime, know that you're doing your absolute best and we are all so proud of you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you like what you heard, I would greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and AdaptationStation.net. It's taco night in my house, so I'm going to go have a delicious dinner and a margarita, and I will talk to you guys again next Friday.